All right, Spirit family, Timothy Lawson here, host of Follow Your Spirit. I'm joined by two of my colleagues to my right, Jordan Small. Jordan, thank you so much for joining us. Hello. <laughs> and Monica Essenwine, someone who will be a more regular contributor to Follow Your Spirit. Thank you for joining us, Monica. Hey, guys. I actually pointed in those directions as if you were, like, in front of me, like, Jordan's <laughs> over there, Monica's over there. Um, okay, so I'm not sure what we're going to talk about. Um, there really nothing really has been happening. By the way, can, that's that's not really funny. I apologize for that bad joke. Um, can we? Is it fair to say that it seems like I know this? I know the, the Seattle Rain have had a couple of things happen with like retirement and stuff. But is it is it fair to say the spirit community has been hit the hardest and it's not even close? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> That's 100% accurate. That's the most accurate soccer statement of 2016. <laughs> other than what the fuck, Joe Ellis. That is yeah. the most accurate statement of 2016. I, I'm getting I'm getting used to the soccer stuff. I can tell when things are a bad situation. Um, <laughs> let me tell you, I my few thoughts on what's happened so far, and then we'll get into the nitty gritty. It sucks horror. Like, it's... Losing Ali alone was bad, and then getting nothing, not even FU from anybody uh, to go along with the trade, uh, that hurt plenty. And then Naren left, and it seemed like they're purging leadership from the from the club. Um, the rumors of Dunley, there's so much to be upset about disappointed like one of like look at our organization and be like why are you doing this to our to the fans like we've been through enough in november already we don't need anything else and but i will say that when when you go back and you look at the roster it's still a good team and i think there's a lot to be optimistic about from a club perspective i think there's a lot to be hopeful in in the way that jim jim guevara is a good coach he, he proved that in 2016 and I will say that I uh, will not be jumping ship as quickly as some other people may be. I look forward to the 2017 uh, season. Of course, the in- what I really hope doesn't happen is I hope that the narrative of next year isn't about what happened in the offseason. I hope that when we lo- if we lose the first game, it's not about how Allie's not there. If there's you know a problem in the midfield, I hope it's not automatically about how Naren's not there. I hope that we can mourn the way we need to mourn, and then as we go into next season, focus on the club that's there, the players that are there, and evaluate them based off of who they are, and not about who's not there anymore. Those are my those are my two cents on uh, on the off season and going into next season. Okay, on a scale of I feel hopeless to I feel confident they're going to make the playoffs. Where are you? Both of you, so far, based off of what we've seen, not just from the player movement, but just the vibe. Monica, we'll start with you. Hopeless. Freaking hopeless. <laughs> Beyond hopeless. <laughs> All right. Well, Monica, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, I'm not quite sure if there's much else you can say. at the. No, the... <laughs> it's, it's because, like, last year I was at training pretty much once a week. And after Bill did the thing that he did at the Seattle game, there was a change in this team. There was something not right between the players and the staff. And if you weren't there, you couldn't really tell. 
Um, I there's many reasons because of that vibe that I felt and the things that I I saw um, happen towards the end of the season that make me feel like Allie was the tip of the iceberg. And there's there's the, the many of, we're gonna learn a whole lot of new names for next season. Jordan. Um, I, I would say, like, somewhere in between. I mean, I'm not, like, 100% set on, oh, we're going to go back to the playoffs. But I was talking to my dad about this the other day, about how we lost two important players and possibly three, but there's still a lot of talent on the team that it could potentially be be sort of all right. It's not, I mean, we lost really important players, but it's not, it could, it could be okay with draft picks, with people you sign. It's not the end of the world yet. If they're all we lose, we'll be okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's sort of what Jordan and I said when Allie left. Like, that was our exact sentiment was, well, if that's all we lose, then we'll be okay. And then they won two punches with Nairn getting traded and serious rumors that Dunn is looking to go. Actually, not rumors anymore because she confirmed um, with the reporter in, uh, where were they playing at the time? Just this past weekend, San Jose. Yeah, Yeah. and that she was looking to shop Europe. Um, the one hope that Jordan and I have is she did recently buy a house in uh, in Maryland. Hopefully that's <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> yeah, screw your career. You, you you bought a house here, stay here. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more specific. Christine Nairn gets traded uh, for what's like looking at what she, what Nairn was traded for. Uh, it almost seemed it, it seemed like Christmas compared to what we got for Allie. I was like, man, there's names and draft picks and all sorts of things in this. It's like a little grab bag of draft picks and stuff. Um, Havana Salon, not a bad player. Not Christine Nairn, but contributed to her team in the few amount of minutes um, that she got. We also get the third and 36 overall picks in the 2017 draft um looking at this purely from a personnel uh let's take christine nairn's character out of it we can keep her leadership in there because i think that's a valuable part of her as a player but as a player um and looking at this from personnel jordan we'll start with you how do you do you think we got enough for christine nairn i mean probably i i mean looking when you compare it to the krieger trade you're like Oh, we actually got stuff for her. That's <laughs> There's that other looks, human beings in this trade. <laughs> that looks good. Um, I think it's hard to value a trade when it initially happens, unless it's like a straight-up player for a player swap, because of the fact that uh, you have these draft picks in here, and... You don't know what's going to happen. I mean, there's talk that the that the Canadians are going to go play um, overseas, the few that are in college right now. So the third pick, that's great. 
that's probably going to be a solid pick for them. But by the time we get to 36, is there going to be um, quality players left over? I don't know. And so that's where it comes into you kind of weigh, was that trade effective? But it's, yeah, it's going to be something you kind of have to wait uh, wait and see on. Yeah, you know, you, you know, number 36, is that is anybody really there? Well, to give you a good example of who is, who, like, what kind of players are there, Madeline, is it Schiffel? Uh, a goalkeeper that we traded along with Nairn, she was drafted in that that same window of draftee. So if none of you have heard of her, that gives you an idea of uh, the players that are sort of there. Um yeah, I think I mean you look at you look at the top three picks from this season, and those are all solid players. You know, those are you know those are all reputable players. Of course, draft pools change from year to year. I'm not as up to uh, I'm not as spun up on college as the rest of you are, so I don't know who potentially could be out there. Um, but I think that you can get an impact player with number three, Monica. What do you think? Yeah, um, I, I agree with Jordan. It's hard to say right off the bat. Um, I think from a, a personnel standpoint and from a, a fan standpoint, it's going to be hard to replace someone like Christine there. Um, but I mean, who like who we got coming in? Is she's she was good. Her minutes um, that she played in Seattle, she's not a bad player. Um, but the third pick is going to be. He's going to be telling for us. We did really well in the draft last year um, with Callie and uh, Shayna. So you you can't go and even um, Allie, little Allie, obviously not not Krieger. Um, so I mean we we draft pretty well. Um, so the thirty six one's kind of the bolster your your reserve squad uh, pick. Um, so yeah, it, it'll be telling come the draft um, and come the, the season of who's playing and how that um, how that all unfolds. But, you know, it's I'm not upset about what we got for her because at least it was, you know, something. Yeah, there's, there's warm bodies. Um, but now looking at losing Nairn as a player for the Washington Spirit, the first thing that I – what – the, the first part of my fandom that was hit um, was the leadership. I mean, she, you know, she's a howitzer of a leg from, you know, from Nairn territory, as we call it. Um, you know, she has, I think, some of those most personality on the field, um, especially when she's interacting with refs. She's very outspoken, um, which is always <laughs> fun to watch, like watching her, like, like wave off refs, like, I'm not talking to you. Um, watching her... And this is something that I think, and again, I only have this season to really observe. So correct me, uh, or you know, not correct me, but you know, let me know if this is something that wasn't the case in the past. But this season, I saw Nairn approaching the official and pleading cases for her team more often than I saw Allie doing that. And that's not a slight on Allie. That's that's applauding Nairn and that she really stepped up um, when she was named captain and. Something that will, that I'll never forget is after the final, it was Nairn who stepped into the press conference with Coach Gabera, and I thought that spoke volumes for who she was as a leader on that team. Um, naturally, you you would ex- you would hope that it would be Ali Krieger being the captain, 
Um, clearly, obviously, that was a very emotional game for her. I'm sure she didn't, she couldn't handle it. And Nairn stepping up to do that, I think, really impressed me. And it's, you know, she's a great player on the field. She's she's a core part of that that entire offense and uh, and defense. But I, I mean, it's her leadership that I think that we really let go on that one, Jordan. Yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, having her step into the press conference after the final was was kind of telling. And as soon as um, Krieger got traded, everybody was like, okay, who's going to be the captain? And 90% of the people that you talk to would be saying that uh, Nairn would be their pick for it. And so now you kind of take a step back and you look and you wonder – is this kind of getting rid of leadership? Is there something that's, or are these players that are standing up to something happening internally? And mm-hmm. uh, are they just getting not punished, but sent away for that? And um, I think it's kind of interesting though, to look and see Tori Huster get uh, re-signed because at least it's not everybody with leadership. So, um, Monica, the question I have for you now: Who's the que- now who's the captain? Um, I um, think I think we can. I think people want to quickly say Matheson because of her tenure there and her experience, but she has a lot of experience, and I'm sure she leads from the front in a performance and and, and um, standpoint, but. Is she the vocal leader? Um, is she interacting with the officials? Is she is she is she the same leader that we saw in Ali and Nairn uh, this year? Um, Dmath, I believe, absolutely could be. Um, she's not really a player who backs down. Um, and if the armband is on, um, then yeah. But my my pick would honestly be Houston. Um, I, I would give it to Tori. You, she mans that midfield. Um, she's always, uh, she's everywhere all over that pitch and she's someone that has the experience and the respect. Not that, that Matheson doesn't. Um, they've both been there all four years. Um, and quite frankly, we know for a fact that Tori is coming back. We do not know for a fact that Diana Matheson is. Um, so, I mean, DMath, I would absolutely have no issue with being the captain. Um, she, she's got the experience, and I think it's more what people need to understand in a captain is that you have to have composure. You can lead a multitude of ways with that captain band on. Um, be a vocal leader, be, you know, lead by example. You can lead however your personality leads. But for the captain to have the composure, like when Tobin spiked the ball and Allie would just looked at the ref and was just like, boom, Carter. Like, you know that's a card. You have to have a certain composure to do that. Nairn going up and going, no, 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 no. You know, fighting for her teammates. I think Matheson is someone who could do that and, and would have that composure. But I also think Huster would have that composure. So a key element to that is not just how they lead, but in those moments, are they going to fly off the handle at the ref? Yeah. Um, so someone who has that composure, I think absolutely Diana Matheson would have that composure. Um, she's not really someone who goes hot-headed in a game. Um, 
and neither does Houston. So I think either one of those, if Matheson comes back, which uh, please, for the love of baby Jesus, come back. Um, <laughs> I can't take it much longer. Um, I, I think you it would absolutely go to one of those two um, because they have been out there all four years and they've earned it. So I didn't I didn't mention this uh, to Jordan um, in the last podcast because I was kind of scared of the reality <laughs> of it. But Christine Nairn's wa- pre- um, game day waffles has been a fun uh, joke between her and I throughout the season. Every time I see her, I'm like, "Do you have your waffles today?" Or when I saw her in Houston, I was like, "Did you find a place that has waffles?" Like uh, it, it really became like a fun, and she had a lot of fun with it when it was announced that. She that she was extended a contract offer, tweeted at her saying, "I'll throw in a waffle maker," and she didn't even like favorite it. And I was like, and I got scared. I was like, normally, like that's something that she would have fun with, you know. Any other right. time in the season, that's something that she would at least acknowledge. Like, hey, I, I see your joke there. When she didn't acknowledge it at all, I was like, oh no, <laughs> no, no, please tell me that it's just not funny anymore, and that it's not because you don't want to disappoint me. Um, unfortunately, it's because. Um, she's going to Seattle. Oh. Um, yeah, it's, so yeah. Let's let's talk about Coach Gabera's letter. Um, the the fan base was demanding some sort of um some sort of correspondence from the team, the organization, to somehow explain what's going on. Like, why are you purging leadership? Uh, I made the I made the joke earlier in the week that they were literally going to become the spirit because they're going to ghost all the players uh, from the <laughs> roster. Um, Coach Cabrera gave gave a very straightforward. Uh, it was a it was a it was the letter you would expect from a head coach. Um, sort of summarizing it, pretty much saying from if I could summarize it in one word in one in one sentence, he's pretty much saying this is just the way it, way it goes. Um, it sort of seemed like that was the message is like, this is just what happens. Um, you know, he was, he mentioned that the, you know, fans don't see everything that, you know, there's multiple perspectives and point of views and stuff like that. And he needs to make different changes. Um, I think that's just, uh, you know, to me, I read that as just mandatory things that he had to say in tough situations where players wanted out. Um, Monica, we'll start with you. What did, what, how do you feel about the message Jim Gaberry gave in that, that letter? I think he was better off not giving a letter. Um, I coached at the NCAA level um, in softball. There are things that you say and do as a coach, you know, in press conferences, you see in football, you know, in the NFL, in Major League Baseball, and you've seen it here, and, and you see it in college sports. Yeah, sometimes coaches just give the the politically correct quote unquote you know answer. Um, the you know it's a business. This is how it is. But the fact that this has the feel of that more than one player wants out, and there are rumors that Krieger forced through the trade or that U.S. Soccer forced through the trade. The fact that someone like Ali Krieger would quote unquote want to force through that trade speaks volumes about what's happening. The fact that Nairn gave that short of a response um, in her trade speaks volumes. Um, 
the fact that the entire team has been radio silent about these two leaving speaks volumes. Um, there is more going on. I absolutely believe that in what Jim said. That's absolutely true. There is things that the fans will never see. And that's what worries me. Um, this, this dismantle or purge or whatever it is we're calling it, it's, this is not just business. Those two are hometown girls who have played at the Plex and who Bill Lynch has personally watched grow up. That to me is personal. The fact that they traded Krieger and got not even a box of frickin' crayons, um, that's a statement. Um, and the fact that, I mean, I just, I think that Jim was damned if he did and damned if he didn't, and I personally think he was better off if he didn't. I, I agree with you. I think that the reason I think he shouldn't have is because that was his first year with the Spirit, he can't lean on a trust the process message. Um, you know, that is something that Bill Belichick can say to his fans. It's something that Pete Carroll can say to his fans. It's something that, uh, you know, name any coach that makes questionable decisions, but after a few of them, you're just like, whatever, I don't like it, but this is just how it goes. I don't think Jim Gabera has enough trust, um, even though he made a lot of weird personnel decisions and start, stop, uh, start and sit options over the season. I still think that he hasn't built the confidence in personnel um, with the fans regarding personnel yet to sort of give a, you know, I think that was the underlying message, not only with this is how it goes, but the underlying message being please just trust, trust the process. Um, you know, we and don't know it's that. It's not like the team lost. Like, yeah. They, they, it was, this is the type of team that you purposely don't break up so you can make another run. And they're literally purging it, which makes no sense. You know, and it, going so Jordan, this is where I'm going to pull you into this. You and I, we've mentioned the conversation we had at the finals over and over on we just we thought we we were confident LeBay was leaving, and that was the only person we could think that would want to leave. Um, when it came to the chemistry of the team, making another run, etc., um, and then we were just thrown way off guard with Ali, and even more blown out of the water with Nairn and possibly Dunn leaving. I mean. How do you looking at it now? Like, does other than Joe? Because I don't think Joe will ever stop playing in Washington until they tell her she's not allowed to play here anymore. Um, the potential of going to another final with an amazing team could not trump their desire. What we assumed to be their desire to want to go to another club and not want to be in this environment. Jordan, from your perspective, how bad could this be? The locker room doesn't seem like it's bad. I don't think the problem is within the locker room. I think the problem is within the rest of the organization. Mm -hmm. I think the players like playing with each other. You can yeah. tell that from the last third of the season. Because they were playing for themselves. They were playing for each other and nobody else. And so I don't necessarily think the problem's in the locker room. I think it's elsewhere within the organization. Yeah. It's, man, it's got to be bad because that's a, something we've seen consistently in sports is you have an underrated team make a strong run and they all know it. They come back the next year and they make that run. Um, man, 
let me let me read a starting eleven to you, and you tell me where you think this. Uh, how many how many te- how many teams are in the league? Ten. Um, yeah. You tell me you tell me where on the rank uh, that you or where you think this team ranks in the league right now. Shanna Ordega Stangle, Tori Joe Matheson, Zadorsky, Oyster Church, Kleiner, Weiss. I mean, I sort of randomly pulled these names from the roster based on who's left, based on sort of who I think uh, would carry over as, as starters and, and whatnot. Obviously, you know, where, you know, the front line and the back line, they've been consistent with this team. But just off, just hearing those names, not thinking about who's not there, who's still there, just that that team, is that a playoff team? Jordan. Mm, could you read the front line one more time? Shayna Ordega Stengel. Number four. I'll give them the last spot. Okay. Monica? Um, I think they make the playoffs based on the fact that, look at last season, and even when we had Krieger and Nairn and Dunn for sure, um, that was actually like a lineup at some point. So, <laughs> And we still made the playoffs and we made one hell of a run. So I think you have to put them in the top four, um, somewhere in the top four. I don't know that they'd be one or two, but probably a solid three or four. Yeah. Um, just based off of last season's results and knowing that they can play well together. Nine out of 12 points during the Olympic break. That said something. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with both of you. I think that, Especially if Dunn leaves, um, I would say that we would be looking. We w- I would expect to be going to a playoff game and not hosting one. Um, I think that lineup clearly it has a lot of talent in it. Names that I didn't list: Cali Farkasen, Caprice Didasco, um, uh, uh, Estelle Johnson. All names that can still come in and play at a starting level. Um, so we, you know. And then who knows who ends up coming through in the draft, who else we get, um, you know, who knows what happens with LeBay. Oh, we still have to, like, go through that. <sighs> That's the worst part. It's like, I I'm, I know there's more coming. It's not even, like, the what happened is the ones that I wasn't expecting. Now we still have to go through the ones that I am expecting. Right. Um, okay. Let's, um, other than LeBay... Uh, who's on that list of uh, players that don't ha- that didn't re- that haven't officially resigned? Matheson, uh, all the Canadians. All the Canadians. Uh, right. Okay, without without having the, the official list in front of me, um, other than uh, you can say Olivier if you want. Who do you expect to hear next? Of who 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 do you think? Uh, do you think we hear from Dunn before the end of the year? Um, I'd say before the next January national team camp for sure. Yeah, which I think is mid January. So I would say definitely we would hear from Dunn before then because she would need to know when to report if she was going overseas. Jordan, do you think uh, gun to your head? Matheson, not that I would ever put a gun to your head. I don't want to be like, they're like you're treating your people horribly. No, um, you know, you had, you had to lay a significant amount of money betting on Matheson returning or not. I think she stays. If... Okay, I think she stays or retires. I don't think she goes somewhere else. And I don't think she wants to retire. I don't. I. I can't. So. <laughs> I can. I can't see her retiring. 
Uh, yeah, know. just based on, I mean, who knows? I don't, soccer players do, people seemed surprised from the couple of retirement announcements we saw this offseason. We've been chatting for long enough. Uh, the more we talk, the more depressed we're going to get. Um, <laughs> I'm going to reiterate, I think that the Spirit are going to be a competitive team still. Um, I think that if you loved the Spirit last season, and supported them no matter what management and the organization did, you should give the Spirit that same treatment going into the next season because it's the same set of women, minus a couple big names, that are going onto that pitch and performing at the Plex. Let me say these names again. Tori Huster, Joanna Matheson, Shane Williams. Huh? Joanna Matheson, yeah. (laughs) I should... Cards on the table? I've been drinking. Uh, Joanna Loman, Diana (laughs) Matheson... Zadorsky, Oyster, Church, Kleiner, that's a good team. So I know a lot of people like like thinking, I don't want to support this organization. I don't I I can't support a team that's doing this to me. Let's we continued supporting them after the whole national anthem debacle because we love the players on the field and that should not change going into next season. Those exactly. are the final thoughts. Correct. You pack the plex for the ladies, not for the boys. Ex- Correct. <laughs> well, no I offense, mean, Tim. No yeah, offense. that's that's fine. I know what realm I'm in. Um all right, Jordan, Monica, thank you so much for joining me. The next time that there are, is some big news regarding the spirit, we will do this again. Sounds good. I'm Bye. Bye.